and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and goddamn swearing motherfuckers. It is always joined. I am, wait, fuck me. It is Nick Cameron, Glacially Musical, extraordinaire, what the fuck ever, joined by my good friend, the man who always shines on, shine on you crazy diamond parts, one through five, Chakas. How we doing today? Oh, I don't get the sax solo? All right, I guess so. Um, I'm going to open my beer. Hang on. I like this to be is like my... six, seven, eight, and nine, so I have the saxophone solo. No, no. You're only one through five. This is uh, my ultimate flex. I am drinking oh. a Boulevard Nutcracker Ale because this is the Christmas season in a Boulevard Nutcracker Ale glass, which only you can see. That is a great flex, though. It's a beautiful glass, and let's see this beer before I open my beer. Oh, that is a gorgeous color. This is Boulevard Brewing from Kansas City. Hmm. It is just fucking delicious. We need to help put Kansas City on the map for something other than getting the tool drummer arrested drunk at the airport uh, um, this week. Former uh, Green Jello drummer. Uh, kind of still an associate of Green Jello. I am going to drink a Mystic Haze IPA. Ah, sounds delightful. Is, I've never had one of these. It's got a crystal ball and some spooky cat eyes on the can. I was going to try to like do some awesome, like cool new beer, but uh, I had a bad beer week mm. where I've only got like a six pack and a half in the fridge where I usually keep a case in there. It's just not working. So it's very juicy, this ale. It's an not IPA, a... it's not an ale. I normally like the pales. This is an IPA. It's just, an it's IPA is an ale. I know, but like. No, you don't know. All right. You're, it's been a time. It's been a day. You are confusing ales with color. That's fair. It's just my own personal Keith Bonix. That is the American perception, which is wrong. I used to work with a jackass who, who whose dick I would punch so many times. Uh, and I'm a really nonviolent pacifist person, but I would punch him so hard in the dick. Sorry, I am worked up today. We uh, are both well. Last week we were both very subdued and not well. This week we're very agitated and the opposite <laughs> aggro. No in betweens on the glacially musical podcast. Just two extremes, and we go to both of them all the time. And so he he's like talking to one of his clients. He's like, "You ever had a Guinness?" And the dude's like, "No." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Okay, that is import beer 101. That I don't even, the... I don't like Guinness, but I've had several. And he's yes. like, it's very dark and it's very thick. Asshole, it's a session beer at 3.5%. It is not thick. You can drink 15 of them in a session, jackass. It's like the official beer of Ireland, basically. Fuck you, and, uh, Did you know that Guinness actually is like franchises out those Irish pubs all through Ireland so they can have the monopoly on what beer is served in them? A lot of Irish bars in Ireland are apparently owned by Guinness Court. I did. Did not you know, know this. that is illegal in the United States? That was part of the. I'm a, I'm actually an expert on the Volstead Act and the 18th Amendment. Jesus, uh, I didn't know this. Uh, that is actually one of my favorite times in history. It's an amazing, horrible time because we invented where, the mafia because of prohibition. We didn't invent the mafia. We just gave them good jobs, and it's the it's. It's the, the moment in time where we could have learned a lesson and we learned what America is. America is a country of dumbasses who will keep doing the same thing. 
Indeed, indeed. So because America's full... Wait, hang on. Let's, uh, you got a vinyl check for me this week? Well, I was going to let you finish your thought and then do the vinyl check-in. I had a great uh, segue, but it's not segue time, so shit. All right. Vinyl check. All right, vinyl check it is. Check, check, check. You had a Christmas beer. I have vinyl Christmas albums to check in with. Nice. I went to... I had... um. An interesting day where I was running errands on Saturday, and there was a thrift store in my neighborhood. Not only is it a badass thrift store, kind of an independent thrift store, they donate a portion of all their proceeds to AIDS research and care for AIDS patients. Oh, San a very, Francisco. A very important cause here in San Francisco, very still heavily affected by HIV and AIDS to this day. So it was really cool to spend money there and know that it's going to a really good cause and not some horrible people like other charities. To pocket the money or don't support good causes. So, Keep what did I get? Shut. What did I get at the store? I got for one dollar a copy of "Do They Know It's Christmas." If you don't know what this song is, this I is don't. the British, the British pop song Christmas version of "We Are the World" with a few Americans. This is "Feed the World." Let them know it's Christmas time. I'm not in a good singing form today, but that's the catchy chorus, if you know it. Um, Duran Duran, most of you to Style Council, ABC, Tears of Fears, every British band, Paul McCartney, a couple of Americans, all got together and did this uh, charity single, Bob Geldof, uh, Pink from Pink Floyd, The Wall, and Live Eight, and Live Aid organized this, and it was really wonderful. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, sorry, no, go ahead. And uh, so I got that for a dollar and it played beautifully you know not my favorite christmas song but i thought it was you know in the spirit with the season and i got the reissue remaster of vince garaldi's it's a charlie brown christmas because that is my favorite christmas album if you're gonna go hard you go all the way and i did um i don't think i was trying to get to to another record store and you know treat myself to some vinyl because i've been feeling the need to medicate, but I didn't make it to the record store and then I never made it there. I will also say I saw Rent on Broadway here in San Fran. Ooh, nice. uh, At their final show of the tour for the year. It was amazing. It still holds up. And I'm thinking about trying to get the cast. Real quick, because my daughter's not here, I can tell you this. I am taking her to see Cats the week of Christmas. Wonderful. Cats is one of the best musicals if Maybe maybe the best musical ever. I don't know. Never seen it, never the heard. The movie's terrible. Don't watch it. Oh, God, that movie was nightmare fuel. Uh, sorry, go continue. That's that's my check-in. I've been going, plowing through my collection. I got those two new Christmassy albums to put me in a little Christmas spirit with my Charlie Brown Christmas tree that no one can see because we're on a podcast, but I have a little Christmas tree plant with a one droopy my, uh, jingle bell, and my, that's it. My, my tree is to the left. Okay. We... Uh, Spent fifty dollars on a three foot tree. I don't know how those numbers add up to fifty dollars, but here we are. Uh, a live tree is always home. best. How do the cats do the with the tree? Uh, unfortunately, we three of our four cats are it's their first tree. The fuck. So we're not doing great. <laughs> it's over. It's already over. Two of the three are a little older, so they're a little bit better. Uh, last year, we just did not feel in the spirit, so we, that was the only year in this house fully, we didn't have any kind of a tree. Fully understandable. Um, speaking of which, uh, on a personal note, and I'm, this will be the only bummer I bring up today, this Saturday, we 
uh, are we sponsored three uh, anonymous wreaths, and we're gonna go put wreaths on my late father-in-law, my late stepfather and mother's stone, and we are also going to put a wreath on my <clears throat> grandmother's stone, uh, Margaret, who my daughter's middle name came from, at uh, Jefferson Barracks National Memorial Cemetery. Both my stepfather and my father-in-law were sergeants in the Navy during Vietnam. Uh, they're both named Bob, so during happier days, we refer to them as the Bobs. That's great. And so we're doing that this weekend. And that's yeah, December's which, heavy for a lot of people, you know? My heart this, goes out to you. December's exceptionally heavy for me because my father-in-law, my December until 2020 has always been the greatest month of the year for me. On the 5th is my wedding anniversary. So a week and a half ago, we celebrated our 12th wedding anniversary. Then the 23rd is my birthday. Then there's Christmas, of course. I celebrate Christmas like a Japanese person, except without Kentucky Fried Chicken. I bake my own chicken because I have an oven because <clears throat> I don't live in a postage stamp like Japan. And I do. then there is, of course, New Year's Eve. And this year's New Year's Eve, if you are in St. Louis, come with me to the pageant. St. Louis Legends, The Urge. Uh, authors, yes! Authors of mm. the Blues Goal song, Yeah, 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 I think it's called. It's not a great song, but it's fun to hear it because, you know. Go into the liquor store. The Urge is the shit. They open for corn. I love that band. Uh, now, in fairness, and, and I'll, look, if you want to meet Steve from The Urge when you're here, I can I can set it up. I want to interview Steve from The Urge now. Like, yes, okay. I'll meet him. I want to take him for a beer and hug him and thank him. Okay, we're going to go to his hot dog me. stand where there is beer. All right. Can I buy hot dogs from him also? Are they yeah. good? It's, oh, they're awesome. Love them. Yeah. He December's heavy. New, anyway, so, but my father-in-law last year died on my birthday. On your birthday, yeah, just brutal. Just so, My mother died on my birthday, and her birthday was last week. And then we're coming up on the 34th, again, think of how old I am, 34th anniversary of my father's death in a couple of days. So I really need to be blackout drunk all weekend after Metallica. Um, it's just heavy that I am alive and they are gone. And I mean, like, they weren't going to live forever. But just, you know, you just never really get used to it, especially it, my mom. It is my best friend. what it is. And I'm just going to head this off at the pass because we're getting getting a little silly. <laughs> we're getting a little downy. And I don't want to be downy today. I've had a rough day. I've had a rough week. And I'm not going to go into that on the podcast, but it is what it is. We talked about it off air. But my vinyl check-in, I picked up a 12-inch single of She's On It. Beastie Boys, yes, which was not really, which never been. It's only been released on on single. So my copy of it is now sitting at Duncan's house, along with my copy of OU812, <sighs> along with my copy of David Lee Roth's A Little Ain't Enough. Better. So I'm gonna pick up something next week, possibly Faith No More, for the later events. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, okay. but. Maybe not. My, I, I did get my copy of Casey Musgraves' Amazon Christmas special, which That's awesome. I love. Casey Musgraves, I discovered her on her first major label day on her major label debut. Same trailer, different park. Which is, if you like country music at all, she's your girl. Just stick with the first two records. Don't get anything past that. Because now, did she do like, a Gretchen Wilson or Shania Twain? Was she went no, she's on a major. Star? She's on a major label, and it's kind of like one of the things they they were talking about on during one of the blues games this week which blues went 4-0-3-0-1 last week i think they I beat to, the rangers and i went to no they didn't play the rangers and i went to two of those games which is awesome 
but uh, they, you know, they they said to one of the guys was talking about how he met with his agent or he met one of his coaches in college or junior said, "You can be a pro. You're gonna be a pro. Do you want to make forty thousand dollars or do you want to make four million a year?" And I feel like that's the conversation that they had with Casey. You want to make forty thousand? You want to make four million? Yeah, I so, get it. I, now I'm still going to keep buying all of her records because I love her. But That's and fair. then I also picked up a copy of uh, da, 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 Blood Incantation: The Secret History of Yes, Human. I got that also. Was that Dark Descent in the repress? Because mm-hmm. they sold that at the first press because they barely did it. Ah, uh, no, I believe I have the first press. I got it used at a record store. That in person. In person. That's insane. That's See, fucking dope. I love that band. They're working was, on a new record right now. Actually. I was going, yeah, the ambient black metal project. Um, I was going to a store to buy my daughter's gift for Christmas. Uh huh. And to trick her, we had to go to the record store. I see. I had I, to go. The record store was right by the other store. So. Sure, it was. No, it totally was. It was on the same street, Manchester. So it all worked out well. What what shirt are you wearing? We don't do a shirt check in, but I kind of want to see. You have a historic shirt. Look at that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dixie Truck Stop, which is uh, 55 in... It's on Highway 55, about halfway between St. Louis and Chicago. It is a truck stop that still has a mom-and-pop restaurant. It is the first place I ever had broasted chicken. Don't tell me what it is. I don't want to know. It's delicious. Don't know. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, I am wearing my Mastodon shirt from the Mastodon show. So, we are... I'm sorry. I don't like Mastodon. We are oh, moving. Um, maybe I won't make you do them next year, or maybe I will. Anyway. No, I, I, I won't do Mastodon. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. You're missing I, out. No, no, I'm not. Everybody says that. Oh, you don't know. No, I have given them the old college try before and after graduation. So right. it, 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 didn't, it didn't work. It, don't it, it harsh my work. mellow. I'm not harshing your mellow. This shirt is, look at this shirt, how rad this is a dinosaur with a babe. Two dinosaurs. like It's a dinosaur skateboarding on another dinosaur with uh, a lady in a... Loincloth. In a loincloth holding something's leg. And the dino. That doesn't make sense on any level. Might be a dino cock, I'm not sure. Anyway, this shirt is What are we talking about today? You... I'm going to let you steer this one oh, because we are coming to the end, I believe, of the Python run. Is that today? That is correct. This We're is not going to ep- do an extensive run. We're going to do a modified run. And well, then we're gonna, I mean, honestly, we're going to have some fun for the rest of the year and then go to a new band in January. Yeah, that is correct. We are at the <laughs> end of the Pythons. Um, the, we're going to talk about the soundtrack to The Life of Brian briefly. Then we're going to discuss their final studio record, which is the Contractual Obligation album. And that's 1980. We're going to go ahead and skip uh, the 1983 soundtrack to Meaning of Life, maybe-ish. I mean, there's not much to talk about, quite frankly. But so let's, let's, I guess let's just dig into this with... Before we dig in. Okay, good. The disclaimer comes out yet again. Oh, God. Some of this stuff is not holding up. Historically, it is 40-something years old. Some of it's frankly offensive. Pretty offensive, but it's comedy. But even in even by those standards, it was like, wow. And now today, it's like, oh, no. So let's be gentle about our choices of discussion. Yeah, I'm not going to bring um, Don't be rude to an Arab. 
we're going to skip some of these. Yeah, we're going to just skip some of these. But like, Life of Brian is on, is certainly in the top three things they've ever done. And, and some, rightly so, it's usually the thing a lot of people quote back to me when I was like, do you like Monty Python? Life of Brian, look on the bright side. Because that's what they hear the most. That's what they've heard the most. It's kind of like Stairway to Heaven. Real quick, Python. have you heard Not the Messiah? He's a very naughty boy. Yes. Okay. Moving on. I did. Uh, so I don't know if that was popular. I that was the the Eric Idle sequel to Spamalot. Yes. Before we delve into the album, can you summarize for the listening pleasure of our great? podcast audience could you give like a literally elevator pitch of life of brian if you had to sell it to a movie studio today go in the late b the late bce era the jewish people were looking for a messiah but messiahs were not what we think a messiah based on the text of the torah is not what we think of it today it was a savior for a moment jesus in fact was not the only messiah ever to come along there have been other messiahs what if the people seeking a messiah the downtrodden people picked somebody who's not a messiah and comedy ensues then there's aliens for some reason brilliant you just nailed it if that doesn't excite you and you've never heard of this or seen this thing i feel then bad why are you listening to us because you know well, what because this we're is... charismatic interesting fair enough uh, you are. I'm not. Look at the past, the past pods we've done. They're all bangers, except the last, I think the one that's going to air this week is a little muted because we both were not feeling good. Look, I pushed through it. I felt like. As did I. I. I had a cold. I felt like ass, but you know what? I felt like it was time to go. It was go time. And I hate getting, I, I, I hate, and I'm out of the two podcasts I do, this one and my the one with Duncan, I have only had one dark week where there was nothing and i felt like a dick and i don't want to do that so i pushed through even though we've got a weak buffer i want to keep that buffer anyway not the point so monty python in monty python's the life of i'm sorry great job continue oh thank you i appreciate your compliment i take that on board i move forward so monty python's the life of brian basically it's the equivalent of it is heavy metal because this is the kind, you know, the people, you know, Graham Chapman and John Cleese went on interviews and they were lambasted by the priests in the church. And the responses were very similar to what King Diamond said to the priests and ministers who came out against him. Have you listened? Have you seen it? And they said, no. So this is the you're satanic, you're evil, you're the devil that people like myself have been dealing with since literally fucking age eight. I have been called satanic since the age of eight. I'm not satanic, don't believe in your Satan, leave me the fuck alone, bitches. I would love anyway. to know who called you, I kind of want to hear this story. Who called you satanic? I don't remember, I, I don't remember. Did they also use Damien? No, I never got called that. I mean, I, I went to school in West... This is in West County, St. Louis, Missouri, which is not known for intelligence. Fuck you, West County. <laughs> Ooh! 
Oh, I'm I sorry. will mention that in my childhood, the Bronx statistically skewed higher than people expected academically, even though we were impoverished. So me. Yeah, that's the, the city is smarter than the county here in the county and the cities <clears throat> have been impoverished right now in St. Louis City. We are finally flipping over the topsy turvy bit where the city is has always been cheaper than the county. And it's turning over because things have changed. Gotcha. Sitting here in my city house. Actually, oh, real quick, uh, personal note: I we took possession of our new home last week. Amazing. And I'm not in Demonic it. Demonic possession? Not yet, but soon. I got to get the candles. I didn't have any candles. I didn't have any candles. I didn't have any salt. Got to be careful. But we we walked through it as our as our home for the first time. That's amazing. Congrats. Seriously. So we are gonna we're, we're we've been moving, and that's gonna be ramped up and. I will do my best to keep everything clear enough to keep yammering on at a microphone. But we'll so where were, we? where were we? So, so Monty Python's Life of Brian. Now, one of the things we talked about last week in a very <clears throat> because we were all stuffed up was how they Monty Python took the concept of a soundtrack of a movie and completely flipped it around worked within the medium of the time. It was 1976-ish, five-ish, I forget. Five-ish Finkel, whatever. And that's a reference. Look it up. So I know it. You know it, but maybe not everybody does. And what they also recorded a whole lot of brand new material to keep it fresh and to do something cool. And then it comes to Monty Python's The Life of Brian, which... I will go to my grave. In fact, I want it on my stone that says the life of Brian is better than the Holy Grail. I agree. However, they just didn't do a goddamn motherfucking thing on this. They just... It's just half the scenes from the flick, which are great scenes. I think between probably how busy they were promoting everything and also probably like, how do we do this as least intensively as possible by this is their seventh or eighth record at this point, not counting the lives. Well, and that's going to be the compilation of this week. It is the Ace Fraley school of thought. Ooh. The Ace that'll do Fraley. And that's... Vince Neil cutting vocal tracks. One take. I'm good. You sure? Sure. You hey, don't hey. want to do that over? Hey, hey, kids. Here's how you, here's how you cut a dolly. Hey, Hey, uh, Krusty, we didn't turn the mic on. So, yeah, it's it's definitely one take. It's definitely not. It doesn't have the panache <clears throat> and the fun of, of, of Holy Grail. And we are now at the point in the saga where I don't have any of this on vinyl. There is a record, stay, record store version of this from 2019, Record Store Day. It doesn't, does it have anything that, that's not, that's the problem. Um, it doesn't have anything. They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything extra, apparently. I could just, you know, as my coworker said, when I told him I had the Holy Grail on vinyl, why don't you just watch the movie? I'll just watch the movie and see Graham Chapman naked. Because uh, that's record, not upsetting. He's Jewish, and you can tell. He surely is. Um, um, for the record, in in theme in thematically with the film, he surely is Jewish. Um, oh, yeah, he, let, he, he, let's 
let's talk about this to my not i'm not quoting this as biblical fact pun intended oh but i believe in pop culture this is the first use of Hava Nagila, the classic Jewish folk song for parties, in a popular album or release until I'm the man. By I don't know what that. Oh my, Hava Nagila's in that? It's the riff of the song. Ba 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 ba. That is Hava Nagila. You know, I, I'm not. Or have a banana with sour cream on the side if you're a heathen, and that's what you sing over those words. I'm definitely not an Anthrax fan, but I do love I'm the Man. And I do love Attack of the Killer Bees. Making a note that we're going to do Anthrax at some point. No, we're not. Anyway, we might be. Why? Do you want to hear me shit on something for, for a month? Why? Do you see the band that's on my back patch? On my battle we can, we can... My favorite band? Almost like almost ever? Come on. Beside the Floyd? God, you got you really want to hear me shit on Anthrax? I think you got to reconsider your shit you're shatting on. Again, again, college try before and after graduation. I assumed after my graduation from college that my college try would be better. All right. Moving right along. Yeah. Continue. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm coughing. That one th okay, so I mean, is there anything on is there anything on this album we really need to talk about? Well, I mean, like I think we should give it a brief run through. If you all haven't right, seen right. the film, if you haven't seen the film, the film is wonderful. It's incredibly funny. It is merciless and definitely offensive, even by 1970s standards. On purpose. It's on it's, purpose. Some it of is it is war level offensive. It yeah. It is. Some of it is visionary style funny. It is brilliant. Again, that all the same hallmarks of the Python are here, um, but this is the first time. The album is basically a rote soundtrack to the visual component for our whole run. Correct. And which is a surprise, which is why we were able to do this in an interesting way, because the albums are different than the television shows or the films. So this is the from, first time that it's like... Apart from the very first Monty Python record, this is this is the first time where the record is precisely what was on screen yeah but and i think even, it's and even then they re-recorded it it's so great that we have to kind of got to kind of run by it quick all right because you can't use, you can't I'll... slight a, a like generally this is such a high in their pantheon of all right you have that, to that's fair i'll i'll run through this there i'm gonna skip track nine. Oh, we're gonna skip nine we're gonna skip a few of these all right so it starts off ahead. I trust introduction, you. which I don't recall. The Brian song, which is way too long, frankly. Uh, the Wise Men at the Major, which has the greatest bit about what stars. What is he then? He's the king of the Jews. He's a Capricorn. Oh, all Capricorns are king of the Jews. No, just him. Oh, okay. Otherwise, there'd be quite a lot of them. How is it possible uh, to make fun of religion and astrology fans in the late 70s at the same time? Brilliant. And you got, uh, it goes back to the Brian song, which, remember when I said the Brian song was too long? Still too long. It comes back. Sermon on the Mount, Big Nose, which has the greatest line possibly in the entire film. Blessed are the cheese makers. Well, what is that supposed to mean? 
Well, they don't mean specifically cheese makers. Obviously, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who make any dairy products. And then it goes on to, blessed are the meek. Oh, that's great, because they've had such a hell of a time. You know, then uh, Stone Salesman, which where Brian won't haggle. Uh, no, no, that's later. Um, where the Stone Salesman, where they're buying stones. Look at that one. That's craftsmanship right there. That is. Uh, then we go into stoning, where somebody gets stoned for saying Jehovah. He only said that that halibut was good enough for Jehovah. Uh, it's a great scene that really lampoons the entire concept of what blasphemy is or is not. Uh, ex-leper. <laughs> Take ex-leper, please. I mean, again, um, the, the, the challenge with an album of comedy, if you haven't seen the film, is you don't get the reference all the time. This is one of those things that is a combination of uh, brilliant wordplay and a visual. If you don't kind of have the visual and you haven't seen the film, it doesn't help. Uh, but X Leper is great. Okay, you didn't take it even a little. Okay, uh, we're gonna skip track I mean, I, nine. I did. Uh, we're skipping nine. Uh, Revolutionaries <laughs> in the Amphitheater, which is an amazing scene about the terrorist organizations that are fighting Rome and which ones are splitters and which ones are not. Uh, then we get into probably the greatest scene in the entire movie, Romans Go Home, where Brian goes to write Romans Go Home in Latin. He writes it wrong. A centurion finds him and gives him a grammar lesson, which uh, would have he would have killed Brian had Brian not come up with the right answers, which, I mean, the whole thing is hysterical, and we've all had... Um, language lessons for especially those of us like me who are multilingual i am a polyglot a certified professional polyglot as it were uh then whatever whatever the romans ever done for us discussing the positive qualities of the romans and while wanting to get rid of them uh ben no idea what ben is i don't Moving remember on. uh brian before brian before pilot throw him to the floor where we then start making fun of speech impediments. The classic accents. You probably could not have the sketch today, but it's pretty fucking. It's pretty fucking great though. You know what? And I'm really why? sorry to anybody with a speech impediment. Uh, why does Lisp have an SP in it? Why does Throw have TH in it? We could come up with other words for these things. Like Hurl would be easier to say, but I'm just saying. Lisp is one of the cruelest jokes in the English language to people with a lisp. End point. Continue. Moving on. <clears throat> we now uh, get into side two. Prophets, which I presume is Brian being the prophet after escaping. Uh, Pontius Pilate. And then the beard salesman, which uh, the beards are for the women only. in order Fake beards in order to attend the stonings. Uh, which right there is a, a shot for women's rights, which it's it's very sneakily thrown in there because women want to execute dudes too. Uh, Brian's prophecy, which is where he is just talking and becomes the Messiah on becomes a Messiah on accident. The Hermit, where we also see the balls of uh, Terry Jones. 
we see the naughty bits of uh, two pythons in this fl- film, which makes it the most naughty, the most python naughty <clears throat> bits in a single film. Uh, da, 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 da. Was that also a, pu- a double pun with python? Oh, except we don't we, we see the the berries, not the twig here. Uh, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Here we see Twig and Berries of Graham Chapman. Uh, moving on, Pilot Senses Brian. This the Glacially Musical Podcast brought to you by Mr. Skin. Jesus, go ahead. How many dicks have you seen? In no, 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 no. Don't give me that look. I know that look. How many dicks can you? Do you, you know name? that look? Yeah, a little bit. How many dicks can you name that you have seen in movies? We're, we're striking a blow for equal rights. Blow? Not that anybody wants to striking see Striking a blow? No one Anyway. How many dicks? How many? Many dicks. I've really? Seen, I mean, uh, what's the Grando film? Watchmen? Uh, In the Cut? I mean, like, it's quite a bunch of penises. Well, one of us is watching dick movies, and apparently one of us is not. Moving right. on. Uh, Pontius Pilate with the crowd, Wiwis Waja, uh, Nissus Wettus with the Gowler. I don't know what any of this is. Release Brian, not so bad once you're up, which that is like one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie because Eric Idle's character, who was arrested at the Sermon on the Mount and sentenced to crucifixion because that was what you did back in those days and kind of these days, or anyway. Anyway, Black Lives Matter. So he, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, the Revs salute Brian. Oh, that's where the terrorist organization votes to turn around and cheer for Brian. That's all they do. Uh, Cheeky is released where uh, they find out that Brian could be released, but Eric Idle's character, who says, not so bad once you're up. And my cousins are coming to rescue me again this week. Again, this week uh, gets released instead. And the entire time he is telling the Romans, I'm not Brian, you've got the wrong guy. Uh, then we get to probably the moment of the film, which has been reused in every Monty Python, anything since the song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life which closes out the record, closes out the film, and it is a truly beautiful film. It is a very subversive film because they clearly are attacking the Christian right. They're attacking the Christian control over everything, pointing out how everything could have been wrong and how everything could have been right. And I can understand why perhaps there was some... uh, religious blowback but still the life of brian remains to this day and it has nothing to do with the nude scenes that did not involve brian or terry jones um my absolute favorite monty python anything it is a truly wonderfully smart comedy and it gets a little bit squiffy and a little bit this does not hold up in 2021 here and there, but not so much that you're like watching Family Guy season two again, which I've been doing, and oh my god. Um, man, uh, Seth MacFarlane has really matured, uh, but moving 
back to the point. That's my point. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in here and say first of all. Always look on the bright side of life has transcended all of pop culture, whether you know it or not. It was in the goddamn Olympic Games in 2012. It has been used in graduations. People don't understand the context of it and use it all the time in marketing and advertising. It's been in ads. Uh, it was a, a lot hit... of things get used without knowing I, the context. It was a hit single in a, in a sense. It, it is a beloved just individually it doesn't work without the rest of the film but individually the song is very well known beyond the film beyond the pythons this is really it is their stairway to heaven almost no and no, this film not almost it is their stairway to this heaven. film is like their if you're a 90s kid this is their dogma by kevin smith um they were doing it to rub feathers they were doing it to offend they were doing it to send notice this is in the 70s in England, and the only other people doing this shit were punks. And for our American listeners, it's worth pointing out that England has a state church. Making a face that listeners can't see, but it's gross. I see that face, and it. I'm not going to say what it makes me want to do. Sit on it, Judge. Anyway, this is an incredible movie. This is a great soundtrack. I still feel like it's enhanced if you know the film well. But it it still holds up most of it. Um, and it Probably is again, it holds up more than most of Python's work. The, I mean, the last couple of records had a whole bunch of tracks we couldn't even talk about. This only has a couple. Correct. And with that, we're going to take a short... Anything else on this? Not really. It's great. All right. Quick break. And we're back! I don't know why I did that. So In the saddle again. And we're back! I'm not doing... Wow. I'm, I apologize to everyone listening. Um, second record, second beer. Elusive uh, India Pale Ale by Public House Brewing, who, if I ever get down there in St. James, Missouri, has said, show them this email and get a free six-pack. <clears throat> so we are how, now how far discuss. is it from your house maybe we'll make that trip oh it's far oh then no three and a half four hours it's near... oh then no 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 it's it's no. way out there then no. um but if i'm ever out there i've got the email i did not delete it or archive it just in case because you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass up a deal i pay 10 bucks for this six pack so if i can get a free one while i'm out there oh well, hell yeah Anyway, so now we're going to discuss, uh, well, do we want to do Meaning of Life, too? Just give it a quick rundown. It's not even that great. I I think we can just, like, I think, I'll be honest with you, Life of Brian would normally be the logical endpoint for a series. Correct. Let's just swiftly Uh, breeze through a few things. I I think we have to discuss contractual obligation. Okay. I, I, I'm happy to breeze through, which this is the kind of conversation that should take place off air. But here we are. Here we uh, are. This is the meaning of our podcast. This is what we do. The off air stuff is on air. That's why we have a podcast. Correct. We drink beer talk, and, and talk about whatever. So let's talk about the contractual obligation album. To begin with, I, I, let me say that Monty Python has always had a bit of a penchant for silly names. So you have Monty Python's Flying Circus, which has the warning label 
Warning, this is material from the show, followed by Monty Python's previous record, which obviously is a play on next record, followed by Monty Python's uh, pre... Uh, Shit, what is the third one called? Mm-mm-mm. No, I'm sorry. It was Monty Python's next record, followed by Monty Python's previous record, followed by Monty Python's matching tie and handkerchief, which officially was not even a record. So then we get into you know the soundtracks and the lives and the whatnots. Now we have Monty Python's contractual obligation album. Which, guess why they did this? Ding, ding, ding. Contractual obligation. And it shows, unfortunately. So we talked about how the previous album was, quite frankly, the Ace That'll Do Fraley School of Thought. This is also the Ace Fraley That'll Do School of Thought. I don't know Remember that I wanted to breeze through this and spare them. But you, let's do it now. I listened to this fucking thing all the way through today. I, I suffered. Others will suffer I with me. Homework. I did the homework. I have never I did the homework listened. on the first one, not this one, but go ahead. I have never listened to this album all the way. I've never listened to this album, period. Never listened to it. And today I did. And I regret a lot of choices. So anybody here listening to this album who has heard uh, Monty Python's final ripoff? Go ahead and skip to about five minutes to the rest of this podcast because you don't need this part. But, so, uh, this album is about a half to two-thirds songs. And I don't know anybody who's ever said to me, you know what, Nick? Monty Python is great, except all those funny joke skits. Just sing more. I And it has some of their absolute worst songs so let me give you side one sit on my face okay no shade that's a humdinger nailed it announcement which the announcement is basically it's a funny little bit about what the records are for which is uh specially designed to be uh stored away and split up when you get divorced okay funny Henry Kissinger song, don't need that. String, one of the best Monty Python sketches. Uh, it, it really lampoons a good satirical effort on the state of advertising in the 70s and 80s. Genius. Uh, skipping the next one, because it's rude, if you take my meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get into, and I forgot, I Like Chinese, which is, but I'm burping. I'm sorry. Give me, give me a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. I didn't have a topic. Anyway, I'm back. So I like Chinese would be great in about 45 seconds. Unfortunately, it continues. Uh, Bishop, which is about uh, the idea of bishops recording uh, commercials and then wanting their checks. It's pretty dumb, frankly. Medical Love Song, which that is the only time I've ever heard the symptoms of est- various, various STDs put to song. I, I think that. this would be a good idea for today. What let's, the f- re- let's remake that song today. 
No. Uh, then we get into Finland, which, okay. It's okay. I'm so worried, possibly the absolute did, did worst. Did you skip Farewell to John Denver? Or uh, Farewell to John Denver was not released on the American version of the album. Uh, there is a statement from Terry Jones saying, our legal department has suggested that we skip the next part. And then there's a 30-second pause. So I've never heard it. Uh, I'm so worried, which frankly is the absolute worst moment in the entire history of the Pythons. Okay. Because it's bad for five and a half minutes. All right. That's not, that's, that's fair. It's pretty Uh, bad. Then we get to the other side. You want to jump in or you're just going to let me do this? I think I'm going to, again, I didn't do the homework. <clears throat> and I will let you lead. I, uh, I envy Keefe. Keefe chose, <clears throat> chose smartly. Then we get to, I bet they won't play this song on the radio, which is a lot of puns where they say fucking, but instead of fucking, you hear beep beep and stupid crap like that. Um, Martyrdom of St. Victor, which is about a priest getting uh, lots of hummers till God stops it. Bookshop, an amazing moment in the, in the Python catalog which was originally not Python. That actually was created on the, I want to say it last the 1948 show. And uh, the character John Cleese plays was originally played by, oh God, what's his name? Marty something or other. Marty Feldman. That's why, that's why Palin sounds like this. Mm. He's trying to do Marty Feldman from Young Frankenstein. Hmm. Uh, that is as good as I'm gonna do. Do ya? Then we get into uh, do what, John? Which, eh, eh, come again? Do what? Whatever. Rock notes, which is a quality quality sketch. That is where Toad the Wet Sprocket got their name. Muddy both knees, of them. Which, yeah, muddy knees, which is fuck awful. Crocodile, which is funny. It's about. Uh, an Olympic event where people try to get eaten by a crocodile. Only recently did I learn that is impossible. But whatever. Decomposing Composers is a song about how all the famous composers are dead. Hilarious. And we it? used to do this. We used to sing it in high school. And uh, it was very relevant at the time when I went, when I was a refugee of music school. A cat oh. is being bad. Drinking out of... Uh, the tree? Yes. The tree stand, amazing. Correct. Aren't cats incredible creatures? Uh, what goes through their mind? There's no chance that water's delicious. No, it's it's full of sap. It's gross. <laughs> the fuck is wrong to, with you? Moving on to bells, which bells has the great one of the greatest lines. I've always said there's nothing an agnostic can't do if he really doesn't know whether or not he, whether he believes anything or not. That is accurate genius then we move into traffic lights the second worst thing monty python has ever done i mean that's steep i stand by it uh all things dull and ugly in a scottish farewell i think frankly i didn't finish this i think i i think i apparently i said fuck it because this is awful yeah man you wanted to do it i was ready to skip um I, I would spend about five minutes on this one. This is one of their worst albums by far. 
it's not even offensive. It's just not good. They didn't put the time in. I think Life of Brian also, again, huge success, a lot of interviews, a lot of press, probably tired, contractual obligation. They really meant it. Mailed it in. Mailed it in. Mailed it in. Um, but then they follow it up with Meaning of Life, which isn't great. It's not the no, greatest, it's not. but it's good. It's got good moments. And I know Meaning of Life pretty well. All right, you take that one. All right. I mean, I don't want to do the whole thing because we're well over our quota, but, you know, <clears throat> it is. Oh, hey. Hello. Oh, that's a peace out. <laughs> Nick is removing a feline from the den while I talk about the meaning of life. Meaning of life is the third and final soundtrack from Monty Python, released in 1983, uh, alongside the film of the same, you know, name. Uh, and uh, for the record, we are not that over. We're, we're I know. Okay. You just don't want to talk about it. I mean, I do. I just don't want to spend that much time on it because I don't yeah, think we it's can do, worthy. We can, do, we can do five on it and then do ten on the, the sum up. And all right, I will. I will gladly uh, steer this for a minute because again, this. I, I mean, like I think, like I was also at an age when I really got this right when it came out. So I was like 11 or 12 when this came out, almost 12. And, uh, you know, um, I think uh, this should have been the likely, this should have been the successor to Life of Brian. This should have come right after it. And I think had it come right after it, we it maybe it would have hit a little differently. Mm, no. Uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not bad. It's just not to the level of the early stuff. And I think that's what a lot of people say to a band after 10 years or 15 years. Well, here, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm going to say about this one. The big, the big reveal, the soundtrack is all you need for this. Fair. The soundtrack fair. is half the length of the album. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Half the length of the movie. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, I knew what you meant. I just didn't correct you. Um, Always correct me. Yeah. Um, Interesting that Palin produced this himself, like he was considered the producer of this. Um, eh. Terry is barely in it. Uh, Which Terry? Know, not, Gilliam? Gil yeah, not in it as much as, uh, you know, previous things. And uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, meaning of life, man. Um, I'm going to kind of breeze through this because, again, I don't think it I don't think this deserves a whole walkthrough. It doesn't. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let you go. Yeah, introduction skip. Fish introduction, which is a running gag. Great to me. If you're a fan of the Pythons, you get it. If you're not, you're like, what is this? I don't know. Meaning of life. Greatness. Now I've said miracle of birth. Uh, okay. Okay, uh, real quick. I'm going <clears> to <throat> jump in on that one. All right. When my kid was born, the entire time I'm looking around the room saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the machine that goes bing, bing? I had that same experience when a baby was born of a friend of mine, and we kind of looked at each other and was like, bing. <laughs> and no one else got it, and they were like, the fuck is wrong with you guys? I don't know. That was what my wife said because she was in a lot of pain. I, however, was just bored. Yeah, of course. Uh, frying eggs. Don't remember. Don't remember. 
third the third world Yorkshire is a, a you know is a a classic goof. On Real quick, own. that is where Duncan lives. No shit, really. I think he, he probably didn't want that to be public knowledge, but okay, fine. I only uh, no, he said it on the podcast. It's fine. Did he? he okay, I was. I just always assume northern northern England. He not... lives in Leeds, which is which Yorkshire yeah, Leeds. Is a county. Yes, okay. And Leeds is in the county of Yorkshire. Duncan Evans, by the way, writes and does interviews for Ghost Cult. I don't know if people know that, but he's your co-host, and he's also a member of Ghost Cult, and he's also a great artist. He put out several great records this year. You should go check he, them all out. During, uh, during the, the vinyl gift exchange we did this year, he sent me one of his records. No. Yes, he That's did. lovely. And it's spectacular. Isn't it not? The, the Wilderness Hymnal split. No, no. He sent oh, the me other his, one. He sent me his very first solo record. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Prophecy put it out on vinyl. I have that too. I didn't get the vinyl. I should though. I should support my man. Um, every sperm is sacred is easily the highlight of this whole thing. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, but it's still above average. It's it good. It's, it's good. It's, it's good. not terrible. It's good. And it actually, I think, was a single, a seven-inch single, which is it like mind-blowing. That one to me is, and I apologize. I said I was going to let you talk, but I no, I want you to jump to in. Stop myself. That one is a great lampooning of the way the world works yes i'll leave it at that uh protestant couple not much memory that is the one where the husband discusses how the catholics do not use birth control uh, and then it goes on from there and basically i think i used to just call it birth control Basically, you can infer from that that he is having several affairs on his Protestant wife. Mm. Go from there. Uh, Martin Luther. No recollection. No recollection. Growing and learning. Growth and learning. Meh. Mm. Fighting each other. Good. Uh, The Great Tea of 1914 to 1918. Very good, because this is uh, political satire and political context for World War I. The thing about Monty Python's political satire is usually they didn't choose current events. They chose giant all giant historical events that changed the history of the country. Like when we discussed the Minehead election, that that was when England was taking a hard right turn. So they lampooned that by saying, what are you doing? Smart. We also don't really, as Americans, unless you're a history buff, have a context for World War One, other than, you know, it was the Great War and people died. It was ter- terrible trench warfare and mustard gas and stuff like that. And we don't really think about that war and the implications on the global political stage like it had out there. Unless it really shaped Wonder the, Woman. shaped the whole century for them, which it did not do for us. Well, that's one of the things our guys came in- home. In American history is I don't think we I don't think we as Americans realize how devastating war is because we don't have wars on our soil. We haven't had any on here in 132 years. Yeah. Except terrorist attacks, both domestic and abroad. Um, Fish link to close outside one. Again, if you're a fan of fish introduction, you love this. If you are not and you don't know what the joke is, it's like, huh? Um, that is another, that is actually one of the few, that's the one thing they did for this record was they added fish links. Okay. Wasn't it extra? Well, I mean, it was like a thing for them for a long time. That was a running joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's accurate. It's not in the film. 
Terry, side two, begins with the Terry Gilliam intro. So again, he's briefly on this. I don't know if he was trying to like exit the group or what, or they were falling apart personally or whatever the story is. I he never know. spoke much. He didn't ever speak much. Picture Terry Gilliam in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. True. Picture Terry Gilliam in Life of Brian. Picture your favorite Terry Gilliam Monty Python sketch. He's not that, yeah. He yeah. did the animations. He did direction. Yeah, and yeah. Or he was an extra in the scene. He was like a funny guy, but he wasn't. In Now, <laughs> interestingly enough, in this movie, he plays an... Drawing a blank. Okay, we'll do it. Well, I'll, I'll get you there. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a good... Go ahead. Uh, accountancy Shanty? That the, is when we have... that the, the opening film was directed by Terry Gilliam, which made no fucking sense. And then it comes back and it gets squished. Indeed. That was... The, 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 the chartered accountancy at the beginning where the ship, the, the building became, became a ship, I always saw that as 20 minutes of my life wasted. Sorry, Terry. Agreed. Agreed. Zulu Wars. Love that one that talks about the futility of war. Yeah, okay. Uh, middle Age, similarly. Again, striking at uh, their favorite targets. History. Terry Gilliam is in that one. Is he? Yep. He, he plays an American, the waitress. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, live organ transplants. No Gilliam in that one, too. Gilliam in that one, too. I don't remember that one well. He plays Galaxy the one, Song. He plays the one who gets his organ removed. Ah, okay. Galaxy Song, I know, and is good. Not great, mm. just good. Yeah. It's just good. Uh, penis song, the not Noel Coward song. Pretty funny, because penis anything is funny. Uh, the Autumn Years, another solid, not spectacular. Uh, Death, all right. Christmas in Heaven, very Hang good. On, you, you skipped one. Hang on, let me let me roll this I back said the Autumn Years. No, the Death Sketch. Oh, okay. Harry Gilliam is in that one. All and right, plays, I'm missing all the Gilliam stuff. He plays an American. It's, Again, it's, in this movie, Terry Gilliam is in it in three or four scenes, two two scenes, two scenes where he gets to use an American accent. So they're at the scene and they have the Americans and the English people. And he goes, and so Terry Gilliam, I just got to say, this is an amazing opportunity. And Death says, you Americans, so rude. You're always with, I just got to tell you. I just need to say, well, shut up. You're dead. It's a very good imitation there, my friend. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I have to go back and revisit this film because I think it's I a little not. foggy to me. Ha <laughs> ha. Exactly. Uh, may I continue? Please. Christmas in Heaven. Very good and strong way to go out. It, that should have been the end of the album. Should have. And they just don't know when to fucking not. Nope. When to quit. So dedication to fish, three times not the charm in this case. Twice if you're a fan, funny. Three times, not so much. Um, again, should have followed Life of Brian. Might have been better if it had. 
there are some quality jams on here. The film's good, not great, just like everything else at this point. Um, it's a worthy bookend to the over a decade we covered. I don't know if you feel compelled to mention anything else, comebacks, live anything. You saw yeah. you saw Eric Idle and Cleese. Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned this before. For one of our anniversaries, I forget which one now, my wife purchased tickets to see um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail at the Stiefel Theater downtown, which was followed by a live Q and A with John Cle with John Cleese. The Q the the questions were submitted previously, so I had nothing to do with that. But it was it was a really cool experience. I did see Eric Idle come out and wish spam a lot well at, at least the third time in St. Louis. That was the third time I had seen it at the, the Muni Outdoor Theater in Forest Park, which is one of the most wonderful parks in the entire country. I stand by that and I will stand by that forever. I'll take you there if you want to go to see if you want to see a quality zoo, I'll take you. If not, we'll skip it. I'm and, from New York. We had the Bronx Zoo in my backyard, basically. Oh, dude. honey. Come on. No. Oh, honey. We're number three in the country. No, we're number we're one. Fuck. We're free. We're not. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're about, it's about a million dollars to go to the zoo on the free day. You want to know why I don't go to zoos? Well, I mean, that's, they're kind that, of... No, that's why. I don't go to zoos in other cities. I like wildlife there conservation things, and the idea... There are two things I don't do in other cities. I don't go to zoos, because fuck you. You're not better than Brothels. us. Brothels. And we're free. Two, I don't get Italian Brothels. food, because what? <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 What? Dens of iniquity. No, I didn't say I didn't go to that. I don't okay. go. I don't. I don't do zoos. I don't. Opium dens. Shut up. I'm gonna tell you this. I have had an incredible Italian meal recently in this city that does have a long lineage of great Italian food and great Italians. Uh, one of the my favorite anything Italian food is eggplant parmesan. Weirdly, my non-Italian mom made my favorite eggplant, and I have trouble ever replicating it or getting some. I'm else making a like face it. at this. I know. Make your faces. I'm in the Midwest. Uh, we eat meat. I, I love, yeah, but I mean, like that's the vegetable I like almost the most. That's not green, and it's purple, and it's wonderful. Um, if you make looking it, at my cat, most of the time when you get it is gross because it's made poorly. Um. Uh, I did have a very fine Italian dining experience when I visited San Diego, Stone or Rock Heaven, if you're a fan of bands like Earthless. And uh, their little Italy of San Diego is high quality. I'm just going to put it that way. Legit pastry shop, legit Italian restaurant, legit wine. End of story. Again, um, when I leave this city, I don't get Italian food. I no one has ever measured up, including Manhattan. That is tragic. You just didn't go to the right place. Maybe. Um, so, where were we? So where? I what, we, what, what else can we add to the history of Monty Python? I mean, like the final ripoff. Eh, sings. Nah. Um, oh fuck, sings. I mean, so like, sings I a, think sings I, is the greatest I, hits. I think. I think like meaning of life is the end for them basically, except for live shows and Broadway and things. Meaning I of think... life is the last original thing they did. Mm -hmm. And but I mean to really think about this for a second. If you're excuse me. If you're listening to this 
and you like sketch comedy, if you're hopefully, you know, you've listened to all. Hopefully you've listened to the other episodes as well. But think about your favorite sketch comedy troupe. Think about Saturday Night Live. Think about The State. Think about Benny Hill. Think about Red Green. Think about Vacant Lot. Think about Strangers with Candy. Think about all of these Key and Peele in Living Color. I mean, I can go on for weeks about sketch comedy. Red Green is the Canadian guy in the woods in the cabin. Is that right? Yes, I mean, how did I know that? That's amazing. So think about all of your favorite sketch comedy troops, not not named Monty Python. Walk over to your record collection, your CD shelf, your iTunes, your MP3s, whatever, and tell me what your favorite two records of theirs are. Are you name, asking me, or you name just like... one? I'm you're. Well, I mean, nobody else is answering, so. And you're oh. so <laughs> me? I'm the only one else here. Name um, not not a video, not a home movie, album. Not, right, name an album released any which way but loose. Um, doesn't have to be vinyl. Richard Pryor on the Sunset Show. No, Richard Pryor stand-up comedy, different thing. Oh, you're talking about like a sketch comedy? Sketch. I'm talking about sketch. It might be nothing. It might Correct. just be. It might literally. I mean, Kids in the Hall. Oh, Bruce McCullough did a sketch record. I mean, Sandler's records were a cross of sketches and songs. Uh, yeah, nobody else there I can think of. I mean, Steve Martin, maybe a couple of Steve Martins. I, I, have, I have. Robin uh, Williams are all concerts. Right. No, Steve Martins are concerts even. The one I have is. Okay, he, they're not all comedy. He has some records that are just, you know, comedy stuff. But okay, you're oh, not wrong. Um, oh, S. Um, Bob and Doug McKenzie. A, a boot. I, I, it, you know what? It's Christmas season, and it's the twelve days of Christmas. I really should bust that stuff out. You should bust um, that out. But I mean, think about that for a second. How many of your favorite sketch comedy troops have released an album? Almost none. Correct. Because it's hard to do. And sketch comedy is com- hard to do. Hard to do it as a troupe. Hard to do it high quality. Hard to do as an album. You have to yeah. have a certain co- the lightning in a bottle combination of things these guys had. Correct. Yet Monty Python has released 10 records. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, I'll give you that. Some live, some studio, some movie soundtracks. And every sketch comedy you love loves Monty Python first and foremost. And this has been a really fun and weird ride. I wish I could have told you about everything they did, but some stuff does not work today. I think just like in this generation, we're going to look back in 20 years if we're still here, Nick. And uh, we're going to be like, wow, some of that stuff was brilliant. And some of that shit is like, how did that get out? Um, And it's the same thing for these guys. I do think collectively they're brilliant. I do think individually they have some brilliance, especially the top tier dudes. Um, 
They changed the game in a lot of ways. They innovated and pushed the whole genre of comedy forward from the very beginning to to just about this period of time we covered. Um, they are beloved for a reason. They have had a tremendous impact culturally, even if you weren't familiar with them before we did this run, or if maybe, maybe this makes you go, go check out Life of Brian, go check out Flying Circus minimally. I am fond of tie and handkerchief, but like, go check out these other ones. I like it. I don't know why it's the no, one I, I heard. One I, of the, I love that. Record. One of the ones I, I heard first. I had it, it on eight track. That's killer, eight track, dude. In your Pinto? No, my Pinto had a cassette player. I never had a Pinto because I. I had a Pinto. Nineteen seventy-five, same year I was born. Yo, seriously, it was yellow. Spam a lot is worth checking out. It's spam a lot is probably the thing we didn't talk about that's worth see like really checking out on here that isn't on this run we did but yeah man i'm glad we did this this was a brilliant idea by you this was a great change Thank of you. pace not all these things are bangers nobody um, really wants to hear us and our masturbatory praise over the greatest things ever sometimes you have to do a decade of squiffiness to right. find the gems inside monty python I have nothing really else to add except they are brilliant and I'm glad we did this. Thank you. Do we do we want to discuss our next series, which is gonna come in January? Or do you want to hold? I think we'll hold on. Okay. And, so, and let's do we decide what we're doing the next couple are we doing the next do you want to take a break? Do you want to keep doing the next few weeks? We can I, do a year. I, I wanna keep I wanna keep I'd like going. to keep going. I'm gonna stick with my original idea. Okay. <clears throat> Since we are heading to the nineties, and I think maybe we could possibly work this in uh for every decade decade as it were ah uh, okay next week we're going to do a listicles episode all right I, we will not testicles listicles uh 15 minutes before air i am going to google the phrase the top 20 albums of the 1990s jesus of anything not just rock or metal anything yeah cuz that's a lot of that's that's a lot of Ace of Bass and CNC Music Factory that I am here for. Not Ace oh. of Bass because they're kind of Nazis, but like CNC Music Factory. Okay. Well, Ace of Bass is a reference to like Nazis. Anyway, pause. Take a breath and go for yours. Whoa! I'm come in. Now okay. hit the dance wow. floor. Wow. Okay. Let's do the 90s Wilson Phillips, Metallica, Nirvana, whoever comes up. Whoever comes Oof. up, we're locked in. Okay. Billy Vanilli, whoever comes up, we're locked in. So are we just going to go? We will pick the link. We'll choose by number. Okay. <laughs> you will send me at 7 p.m., 5 p.m. next week, you will send me a number. 1 through 20. I will Google the phrase, the top what 20 albums of the 1990s, and I will pick the link. I mean, if the... you want to be masochist, we could do the top 90, but that's too long. That's too many. No. Top It'd be 20. cute to go look at the list, though. No, just let's do top 20. We'll spend two minutes on each record and move forward. So that's how this is going to go. And that is how we will end the year. If, uh, let's see, today is the 15th as we record this. This will hit on the 24th. The listicles will hit on New Year's Eve. 
and then we will, and then we will begin our new series. Okay. We'll return to the nineties ish. I'll announce that. We'll announce that during the listicle episode just to keep the suspense because it is a couple of weeks out now. I'm fine with that. But I, anything else for Monty Python and their absolute brilliance? No, I think we said it all. There's uh, definitely well, a lot, we, a lot to do. We may have said it all. Allow me to say more, because I just can't shut the fuck up. So, Monty Python is, it's not my first love, it's, but it is the, it is the enduring love of sketch comedy that I can never walk away from. They are, quite frankly, the smartest group of sketch comedians ever, because they're one of the few groups that is a small number of people, it's only six of them, and they were able to be six dudes as Monty Python for, what, 15 years. No other sketch comedy group has been able to go 15 years with the same group. They, how many other sketch comedy groups have done television, have done movies, and have done albums? They have done everything that every comedy group has ever wanted to do, and they did all of them with a plum with sincerity and with excellence and with that that is all i have to say about monty python i hope to god if you are one of the 18 people in this world that have listened to this series and thought who the fuck is monty python well one who it's a they not a not not a dude but please Go ahead and check it out. And Keefe is grabbing at his throat. So I will say, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria.